0: Welcome! I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. It's a podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the book of 2 Thessalonians. Today is episode 381. We're looking at 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 3 through 10. Let's read our passage. Don't let anyone deceive you in any way, for that day will not come unless the apostasy comes first and the man of lawlessness is revealed the man doomed to destruction. He opposes and exalts himself above every so-called god or object of worship, so that he sits in God's temple, proclaiming that he himself is God. Don't you remember that when I was with you, I used to tell you about this, and you know what currently restrains him, so that he will be revealed in his time. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work, But the one now restraining will do so until he is out of the way. Then the lawless one will be revealed. The Lord Jesus will destroy him with the breath of his mouth and will bring him to nothing at the appearance of his coming. The coming of the lawless one is based on Satan's working. With every kind of miracle, both signs and wonders serving the lie, and with every wicked deception among those who are perishing, they perish because they did not accept the love of the truth and so be saved. Well, this is 2 Thessalonians, Paul's second letter to the church at Thessalonica. Timothy had come to Paul in Corinth and given a report of what was going on in Thessalonica, and then Paul sent 1 Thessalonians. Now Paul's received some word that there's confusion in the church at Thessalonica because there are people proclaiming that the day of the Lord has already come. Jesus has already returned. And since the end is at hand, there's no need to work. There's no need to have a job. There's no need to try and support yourself. So people have, well, become very idle. They're just waiting for the end of the world. So they've given up their jobs, and they're actually becoming leeches on the rest of the church who are supporting them. So Paul's issue here is calling the church back to normalcy, calling them back to a sanity, telling them to Get back to work, support yourselves, and don't pay attention to people saying that the Lord has already come. So he said last time that whether somebody gives you some kind of prophecy or a message or a letter that they even it's from us, don't believe it if they're saying that the day of the Lord has already come. So he continues here in verse three. Don't let anyone deceive you in any way for that day will not come unless the apostasy comes first and the man of lawlessness is revealed the man doomed to destruction. So he doesn't want anybody to be deceived. he wants them to understand what's going on but that day will not come. What day? The day of the Lord that's the day where Jesus returns. there's judgment of the wicked, deliverance of the righteous, the coming of the Lord, and the gathering of his people. That day, that some people are saying has already come. He says, no, that day has not come. That day's not going to come until... And he gives three things. The first is the apostasy comes. Some translations say rebellion. Now, he doesn't describe it any more than that. He just says there's going to be apostasy. He didn't say by who or how many or how widespread, but... This is something that they would know. So a huge falling away. Apostasy just means falling away from the faith, turning away from the faith, running away from the faith. There's going to be a huge worldwide apostasy. Now, some of this, it goes along well with, with the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew 24, where Jesus is talking about the end of the age, where he talks about, Things that are happening. And in verse 9, he says, They'll hand you over to be persecuted. They will kill you. You'll be hated by all nations because of my name. Then many will fall away, betray one another, and hate one another. Many false prophets will rise up and deceive many, cause lawlessness will multiply. The love of many will grow cold. And the one who endures to the end will be saved. good news of the kingdom will be proclaimed in all the world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. So it's the same kind of language. Uh, I'm just going to be careful trying to fit it together too neatly, because there's there's still a lot of mystery here. But uh, Jesus is teaching about uh, this apostasy, people falling away from the faith. So that's probably what Paul's talking about here, this apostasy. He says, but the Man of lawlessness is revealed. This is the second piece that has to happen, is this man of lawlessness. And he will be revealed, and it describes him as a man doomed to destruction. Some translations say he's the son of perdition. That's just what destruction is, is perdition. Now he describes, he spends the rest of his time really describing the man of lawlessness. He doesn't describe the apostasy. He just describes the man of lawlessness. Verse 4, he opposes and exalts himself above every so-called God or object of worship so that he sits in God's temple, claiming that he himself is God. So here you have a person. This is an actual person. So some want to say it's, uh, it's, it's the emperor or it's the pope or somebody. It's, well, no, this is a person. And he, uh, well, becomes an object of universal worship, pretty much, because he uh, he opposes and exalts himself, lifts himself above every so-called god or object of worship, and sits in God's temple, proclaiming himself as God. So he pretty much elevates himself above every religion, every faith system, and says he is the object of worship. And apparently people do worship him. So this is pretty, noteworthy. you can't miss this. Now, well, you can see a lot of uh, false teaching going on in the church, a lot of craziness going on in the church. You can't miss this. A, a man who becomes an object of universal worship, pretty much. He sits in God's temple. Now, what does that mean? There's a lot of debate on this. Is he referring to the temple in Jerusalem? Well, it's not there anymore. So does it have to be rebuilt? Or could Paul be referring to something else as God's temple? Uh, some of Paul's writings refer to the church as God's temple. So some people say he'll use basically the church as his base of operation. But he'll maybe become a, a leader in allegedly Christian churches who've been part of the apostasy. Now, how closely related are these two events, the apostasy? And the man of lawlessness is that part of the apostasy, the people following the man of lawlessness. He doesn't describe it. He doesn't give a lot of details here. What he's doing, remember, is he's saying, this is why you know the Lord hasn't come. You haven't seen this kind of stuff. So in verse 5, he says, don't you remember that when I was still with you, I used to tell you about this. So That's part of the problem for us is we don't know what he used to tell them because we weren't there. So he's not giving them a whole new series of lessons. He's just basically reinforcing some of the things he's already told them. And we don't have that. So we're left trying to put together what he has said here in the letter. Because he's not going again over everything he's already told them. Verse 6. And you know what currently restrains him so that he will be revealed in his time? So here he's referring to what restrains him. Some kind of force restrains the man of lawlessness. He doesn't describe what that force is, what it is that restrains him. Verse 7, for the mystery of lawlessness is already at work, but the one restraining will do so until he's out of the way. So the mystery of lawlessness. Mystery is just something which was hidden but is now revealed. And lawlessness is being revealed all the time. There's always new ways to oppose God and violate the law. But the point here is that there's this restraint, restraining force, but now he mentions basically the one who's in charge of that restraining force. Who is it that will remove the restraint, which basically releases the man of lawlessness to be revealed? Well, it could be anything. Some say, okay, well, obviously the Holy Spirit is the restraining one who has this restraining force which prevents the man of lawlessness from being revealed. Others say, no, it's human government, because lawlessness is referring to, well, we see him very much opposed to God, but he's also opposed to common law. So perhaps it's a collapse of human government, and he takes steps into the gap. And uh, that's the restraining force. Some say it's Satan himself, because until Satan's ready to do this, Satan's holding him back. We don't know. It's, It's all conjecture as to what actually is going on here. But this man of lawlessness will be released, essentially. The restraint will be removed. So that's the third thing. So you have the apostasy, the man of lawlessness being revealed, but only after the restraint has been removed. Continuing in verse 8, and then the lawless one will be revealed. The Lord Jesus will destroy him with the breath of his mouth and will bring him to nothing at the appearance of his coming. So one of the things that happens at the coming of the Lord is the destruction of the man of lawlessness. He is doomed to destruction. He is the son of perdition. And when Jesus the Lord returns, he will destroy the man of lawlessness. There's no time frames given here. Each of these things, do they happen simultaneously? Or is there a season for each of them? How long does all this go on? How long does the man of lawlessness run amok before Jesus returns and destroys him? We're not given any of that. Verse 9, the coming of the lawless one is based on Satan's working with every kind of miracle both signs and wonders serving the lie. So we see miracles taking place here. This is why many people will follow him, because he has miraculous powers, it appears, that Satan's able to perform these counterfeit miracles. And because of that, he will become this object of universal worship. Verse 10, And with every wicked deception among those who are perishing, they perish because they did not Accept the love of the truth, and so be saved. So what's the key here? Love of the truth. Love the truth. And what do we know the truth to be? The truth is the word of God. So we have to love the word of God, and that was what will protect us. When the man of lawlessness arrives and is released and is revealed, the love of the truth, the truth of the word of God, and the man of lawlessness will oppose it. Now we see things being prepared for that as people, even allegedly church people have less and less interest in the word of God, that they have less and less knowledge of the word of God. We see churches falling for all kinds of crazy things. And it's just setting them up to fall away and follow this man of lawlessness. So when's this going to happen? We don't know. Paul doesn't give this as any kind of uh major timeline or picture. His point is, you know these things. I told you these things. It hasn't happened yet. If it did, you'd see it. So stop falling for nonsense, like people saying that the day of the Lord has already come, and get back to work and support yourself and stop being leeches on the rest of the church. The day of the Lord has not come. It's the sort of thing you can't miss it. Because you have to have this massive falling away. You have to have this worldwide universal worship of this man of lawlessness who will be performing miracles and leading all kinds of people astray. And when the the Lord comes, he will destroy the man of lawlessness. Did you see any of that happening? So obviously, the day of the Lord has not come. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through Second Thessalonians.